Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 to the Week 8 That One Dude video. And happy motherfucking Halloween. I'm very excited to have you here. If you're listening to this on Halloween, you're a true G. If you're listening to this on Sunday morning, you're an OG, an original gangster, getting your research in on Sunday, you're all those, whatever it might be. I'm happy to have all you ladies and gentlemen, all you fellas, fellas, fellas here. A lot of people getting excited for the t-shirt designs that are currently in the works to get some of those fellas, 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 and a bunch of other stuff. I'll keep you notified of when those bad boys are going to be dropping, when they're going to be live on the new store. It's going to be open them. We're getting some designs right now. Rolled out, baby. But yeah, I'm excited. I went to a little bit of a haunted hayride last night. Had some drinks. Had my first ever pumpkin beer. I'm feeling real great right now. It's early in the morning. It's 7 a.m. East Coast time on Halloween. I don't have a costume right now, but I'm, I'm very inclined based on seeing a lot of people last night, based on the fact that I'm probably going to be out at some point today. Penn State, Ohio State tonight. Halloween. I might have to go to the little spirit Halloween store and see what we can gather ourselves up. I could just go as that one dude, but it's going to be one of these four guys, potentially five guys with the punt play today. And I know that you want to get into it. So if you're brand new here, a lot of people. This is becoming quickly one of my most, if not my most popular segment, because look, it's different than what the industry's doing. The industry's giving you the same old shit, and I'm guilty of it too at times. Right? You need to know some of the early stuff in the beginning of the week. Obviously, the showdown slate information, but they're giving you the trade targets, the waiver wire shit. We get it, we get it. That, that information's good, but nobody's getting a little bit different with the content that they're producing. So we're going here with the, that one dude. Now we're on, I don't know how long of this, and it's been successful, to my opinion, every single week. Our pump play, Hunter Bryant, ended up being the number one tight end play on the entire week last week, scoring the most fantasy points out of any tight end. The number one overall tight end. That's pretty damn good when you're the cheapest tight end on the slate. And that's even including the showdown slates and things like that. Score the most fantasy points. So we'll take that. Now this week, it gets a little bit more difficult as ownership is going to be spiked on some of the guys that I actually really do like, but we still have some opportunities to pick up every single position, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. I will be targeting somebody at 5% or lower projected ownership based on where I currently have them projected right now. And that person at that position will be titled that one dude. So the whole point of the show is GPP. These guys are not going to be guys you put in your cash lineup. This is where we're trying to be taking some calculated risks. This does not also mean that if I have a guy who is, say, projected for 2 or 3% ownership, that I'm playing 50% of him, or that he's going to be my highest own guy. No. Like last week, Jarek McKinnon was that one dude, and then after the game, it comes out that Kyle Shannon said we were going to give him calculated rest. They basically said that they were resting him no matter what. He ended up getting like three touches in the game. Two of them came after Jeff Wilson got hurt, so they tell us after the game that he's not going to play in that game. So having, he comes in 1% owned, having 3% of him, yes, that's not great when you have 3% of a guy that goes out there and doesn't score any fantasy points, because he wasn't going to play. This is the whole point. We're taking calculated risk. If he does go out there and play, though, I had some people get in my mentions. What a whiff on Jarek McKinnon. First of all, very rude of you, sir. And second of all, what do you mean it was a whiff? You look like a donkey in my comments right now. Did you not see Jeff Wilson score three touchdowns and be the highest scoring running back on the entire week last week? That was supposed to be Jarek McKinnon in this matchup, but he ended up being rested without telling anybody else. So the play that we were all going for, it would have been Jeff Wilson if we were told before the game that he wasn't going to play McKinnon. The play that we were going for, you saw the exact model of what was going to happen play out for a more talented running back. Jarek McKinnon. So everything, in my opinion, panned out right for that call, except the fact that Jarek McKinnon was not playing in the game and we were not aware of that until about an hour afterwards. So this is what we're going to do. Please, this is what you're going to do if you could for me. Hit the like button. Takes two seconds of your time. Big ol' subscribe. And we got the pumpkins in the background right now. We're feeling real good. I love Halloween. I love the holiday seasons. I love just doing all the things, right? I love doing all the pumpkin carving, the apple cider, whatever it might be, the pumpkin cider, whatever it might be. All this stuff is a ton of fun to me. The hay rides, and now we got Halloween here right now. It's going to be a beautiful day. I hope you all enjoy your day. Like, subscribe, do those things. This video is brought to you by Monkey Knife Fight. Look, if you're not over on Monkey Knife Fight yet, 
Stop what you're doing. Go sign up on Monkey Knife Fight. It's a player prop site. It's not just, though, the over-unders, which it has a lot of opportunities to play over-unders, more or less on players' props. And we have a video that came out on Friday at noon from Dylan Berg. Went 6-2 and two last week. Go check out his video. It's a real quick one. It's only like 12 or 13 minutes to get your info in for some player props for this week. I think he's got about six to eight player props in there. Or you can just use your own information, some of the information I have. If you're a patron, the 20 pages of game-by-game notes, the projections, rankings, all that stuff is going to help you out a ton in the player prop space. But they have a lot of other game modes as well. So go ahead, sign up for Monkey Knife Fight. And if you use my promo code my last name, V-E-T-R-I. They're going to give you free money up to 50 bucks. You put 10 bucks in, bam, you got an extra 10 bucks in your account. They're going to match you. You a head honcho, a kingpin, a heavy hitter. Let me know in the comments if you are. You put $50 in, bam, you have $100 in your account. They match you up to 50. So check it out. Promo code Vetri again, V-E-T-R-I. Let's know that you came for me. I appreciate you a ton, Monty Night Fight. To the ladies and gentlemen over there, appreciate you a ton. Let's get into this video now, starting with the quarterback position. So we're going to have some young studs to start this bad boy off. So to start it off, we're going to look at the quarterback position. Well, look, I have a lot of interest in guys, and we'll talk about this. You can see in my final thoughts video. We'll talk about this in the Patreon show tomorrow morning about where my stacking exposures are going to be. I have a lot of interest in a lot of guys, and most of them are coming in at like the threshold of 8 to 12% ownership. For the purpose of this video, I'm looking for somebody at 5% or below owned. And that person this week is going to be right at 5% owned, the rookie that's lighting it up in the charges, in my opinion, currently the rookie of the year, and that is going to be Justin Herbert. So if we just want to talk about Justin Herbert from a game theory standpoint, looks like a pretty strong stacking option when you have cheap stacking options pretty much everywhere, right? Keenan Allen, $6,200 is your most expensive stack. Mike Williams, who's very boomer bust, but that's what we're looking for here in a GPP format. You have him in a cheap price range as well. Hunter Henry at just $4,200 as well. So those are your main three stacking options, right? At least the, the more consistent target shares that you get from those guys, especially Keenan Allen coming in with a 30 plus percent target share, 31% to be exact, coming off of a week last week where we also saw yet again, a 31% target share, catching 10 of 13 targets for 125 yards. Now Herbert's pass blocking has not been great this year. It's ranked 30th overall in protection rating and pro football focus has it graded as a 28th overall in terms of just skill and talent at this point, exactly similar to what Joe Burrow is actually at the exact same protection rate. So these rookies not having great offensive lines. Now, part of that is Balaga, Trey Turner, these guys being out for the Chargers. So we're going to have some game time decisions there on the offensive line, but they've been out for about the past month. And Herbert, his mobility has shown a little bit more so last week to a peak extent, having a 30 plus yard rush, another rushing touchdown. He's been excelling even with this bad offensive line. He's been excelling under pressure. And now this week, he gets the Denver Broncos who ranked 12th in overall pass rush and seventh in coverage are generating a 27% overall pressure rate so far this year. So in terms of their talent that they have on the field when healthy, it looks, it looks like a top half of the league unit right now. But what they've actually produced this year is a pressure rate that's actually 28. So they're not getting a lot of pressure, even though they you would expect them to continue to get a little bit more. Now, right now, like I mentioned with the offensive line, Brian Balaga and Trey Turner, they're going to be questionable for week eight. Trey Turner with the groin. These guys have not played in a little while now. Balaga, the former Packer with a back. Now Herbert's coming off of a fantastic week and he continues to come off of these fantastic weeks. In week seven, 27 of 43, 347 passing yards, three touchdowns, and then he had nine carries on the ground, 66 yards and a tutty. Justin Herbert has looked fantastic. He's currently number four in overall fantasy points per game, and he did not get to play that first week of the season either, and he still ranks 15th overall in quarterback fantasy points. He's coming off of three straight right now, 24 plus point fantasy point performances, and in every single game, he scored at least 23 fantasy points besides one. And he still threw for 330 yards and a touchdown on that one. This kid looks absolutely fantastic. Right now in the season, he's averaging currently 308 passing yards per game and 8.4 yards per attempt an efficiency metric that has him ranked third overall in the NFL. Now, why do I like him from a GPP standpoint? I actually really do like Herbert this week. Maybe not to the extent of being the highest owned quarterback, but he does grade out from a standpoint of looking pretty good for team stacks, potentially game stacks. If you can find the piece on Denver that looks appealing to you, Denver has never really looked all that appealing this year since Sutton went down. You have Melvin Gordon potentially with no Philip Lindsay going to be out there. You have Noah Fant who continues to try and battle back from an injury, but did have seven targets last week. You have Tim Patrick getting banged up. So maybe now this helps Jerry Judy out to a further extent. So those are your run back options, but the groups that I would go to number one, Keenan Allen, number two is probably going to be Mike Williams right up there with Hunter Henry being number three. So it's pretty obviously Keenan Allen and then 
then those two guys after that would be my stacking groups. And then ideally liking to game stack this and run it back. You just have to find that piece. You're kind of throwing darts in at this Denver team that has not really looked all that great this year. But Herbert, if I quickly look at it here and I'll put it up on the screen to peek behind the projections on Patreon, you can check them out down below. Patreon.com backslash Sal underscore Vetri underscore projections, rankings, game by game notes, further analysis, showdown information, ownerships, projections should be coming. The goal was by the end of this week, just had a call yesterday. And I was told that I'll be getting the finalization email shortly after that call. So hopefully today, if not today, by next week. So it looks like we're going to have a full arsenal of tools for everybody over there. Be sure to check it out. Right now I have Justin Herbert as I posted up on the screen. At $6,900, I have projected for 22.4 fantasy points. Makes him like right around like a top seven option for me this week when you factor in the correlation options that he has even better. He's overall my number three super draft play uh, right now over on super draft from a projection standpoint. And he looks like to me a B minus in, in your cash game lineups, right? I'm not going to be doing a cash game show for this, but he's looking like a B plus from a GPP standpoint, good correlation options, has a ton of upside. And now he's showing us that mobility. And that's really the big thing. If he can keep showing us this mobility, that's going to be great. He has rushed for 14 or more yards in four of the five games right now. And in the last one, he had a huge game with 66 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Justin Herbert at 5% ownership is that one dude at the quarterback position. Next up, we're going to actually go right back to the well with the rookies here. Now look, a lot of these injuries, there was a shit ton of injuries. I just had to upload on Patreon, probably somewhere around like 10 to 12 injuries for guys that are out and looking to lean doubtful at this point. And that shakes up a lot of things. So ownership projections are still going to be a little bit fuzzy, probably until the games start even tomorrow, where there's a lot of guys that are going to be questionable. So there are some really attractive options right now that are going to reflect having really not that much ownership because things have to be updated. Uh, optimizing tools has to be updated, just things like that. So I'm not going to tell you that Jamal Williams looks really good because he's my number one overall running back play right now in terms of value, because he's likely about to pick up a shit ton of ownership. But who I do think is going to stay low owned because he's already low owned, kind of uh, head scratchingly so. And I don't think any of these injuries are going to make him pop up as the guy who picks up more ownership is going to be the rookie from the Detroit Lions backfield. And that is the Andre Swift, who's now coming off back-to-back good weeks, basically 15 points last week at 14.8, finishes the 16th overall running back. The week before that scores 27.3, two touchdowns, finishes as the running back number three overall. Now, here's the thing with the running back position that I'll put out as, as a disclaimer. We don't really need to, and I'm not looking all that much to really get too sneaky at the running back position, right? There's going to be probably like 10 to 12 viable guys, DeAndre Swift being one of them, maybe a little bit more than that, that you can play in GPPs. And there's going to be natural pivot options. Like you're going to have a ton of ownership now, probably to Jamal Williams. You're going to continue to have a lot of ownership to Kamar, and Kareem Hunt and all these guys that were already going to pick it up. Davlin Cook and Derrick Henry to an extent. Now those guys for the most part should have that ownership. They're going to be pushing for 22 in like Derrick Henry's case, 30 plus touches this week. So you don't have to get away from them. Just get different in your stacks, like a Justin Herbert stack, just get different elsewhere. But there are some pivot options. Like I was surprised to see DeAndre Swift so low owned. I thought maybe 9, 10, 11, 12% ownership was going to be justifiable. He's coming in right now at approximately 4% ownership. And I expect this number to potentially even drop even more as Giovanni Bernard opens up in the price range, as Jamal Williams opens up as the price range as just better projection options. The Detroit Lions this week and DeAndre Swift will have a positive 18% run blocking advantage. You can see now some of the game notes coming up from Patreon. Again, this week we have about 20 pages, game by game notes, individual player breakdowns, all that stuff is just a portion of what you get down below on Patreon. Check it out. Against Indy's number 10 overall run defense. Now in week seven, he led the Detroit backfield in opportunities for the first time this year with 13 opportunities. You ended up, I believe, having Adrian Peterson just seeing nine carries, no overall targets. You had DeAndre Swift seeing nine carries and four receptions on five targets. So we saw 14 overall opportunities. And that's following up a performance where he had a season high 18 opportunities the week before that, finishing as the RB3 against Jacksonville, but he only played 37% of the snaps. Those snaps then increased to a season high this past week of week seven at 45.6%. So he saw his highest snap share, like I said, and he was getting the fourth quarter carries and red zone work. Four red zone touches last week was very good to see. He also had four red zone carries the week before that. So now you've had DeAndre Swift having eight red zone touches, seven of which were carries in the past two weeks. 
weeks. He's slowly taking over all the facets of this backfield, not just a passing game, not just having the big upside plays out of the backfield as a second round rookie, but now the red zone work. He's getting all of those money touches. And another thing to look even better is that Kerryon Johnson had no touches last week. So that's even better to see. So no touches for him. So yes, I like this spot a lot for DeAndre Swift. Now, what does DeAndre Swift currently look like for me? Well, he grades out around 4% projected ownership. I have him projected right now for about 13.1 fantasy points. So obviously, like if you want to look at my projections, I'll rank this by value. Obviously, based on the new news, Jamal Williams at $6,100, I would much prefer Jamal Williams, but he's also likely going to be probably somewhere around 20 plus percent owned in terms of ownership when DeAndre Swift is going to be like low three, four, five percent owned. So I still do prefer Jamal Williams, but it depends on what your lineup is. If you're playing Jamal Williams and you're building now a cash lineup and you're, and you're playing a chalky stack, you're going to need to get different somewhere else. And I do think that the usage right now, if you're getting 15 plus opportunities for DeAndre Swift does give him a little bit of an upside. Again, this is the one position that I would try not to get too sneaky with or too cute with because there's so many loaded guys up top. I'm looking at some of them right now. Jamal Williams, Josh Jacobs, Kareem Hunt, Alvin Kamara, Gio Bernard, James Conner, Eric Henry, Dalvin Cook. There's a lot of loaded names up here that some of them are going to be highly owned. Some of them will be like 15% owned, maybe like a Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, somewhere in there, 15, 20% owned. And then you're going to have guys that are just going to be unowned. DeAndre Swift will be one of those guys if you wanted to pivot. Right now, DeAndre Swift, for me, if I just look at overall in terms of where he ranks point per dollar in my projections for all the running backs, DeAndre Swift is going to come in as the number 10 overall running back. So still a top 10 value play for me on the week. He's going to make it as a just 4% projected ownership right now. He's that one dude at the running back position. Now, the next guy at the wide receiver position. And also, if you're still here, hit the like button. Big old subscribe button pops up. Check that bad boy out right now. I appreciate you all a ton. And if you're listening on the podcast version, two seconds of your time if you have it. A $50 giveaway every single week for somebody who leaves a podcast review. Takes two seconds of your time. We're over 500 reviews now. So thank you, everybody in the community who has left the review. Watching on YouTube, you just pull up your phone, go to Apple, the Salvetri Show. Takes two seconds, hit bam, subscribe to the overall podcast. And then go and just leave a review that takes like 30 seconds, five stars, and just say something you like about the show. Leave a way for me to contact you and you'll be entered into the weekly giveaway for $50 Ruskies. So now the wide receiver position, probably going to be somebody that you're maybe a little bit surprised by the fact that I'm going to have interest here. Now his other player, right? His other wide receiver, the guy who's going to be running opposite him, or maybe that he'll be running in the slot at times is going to be somebody that you know damn well. Somebody that's probably going to be projected for the most fantasy points potentially right now for me on the entire slate outside of one Patrick Mahomes. And now that man's name is Devontae Adams. So who can be this counterpart? Well, Alan Lazard was practicing this week. He actually uh, did not get taken off the IR yet, at least practicing, but he's not going to play, right? So it's not Alan Lazard. It's not Malik Taylor. It's going to be Marquez Valdez-Scantling, MVS. The Green Bay Packers, number two wide receiver based on snaps and overall usage, who's getting continuing to get a ton of air yards in this offense. Now, why do I like MVS here? Look, MVS is not going to be a cash play by any means. MVS is going to be a very risky tournament play, but a lot of those risks are slowly being filtered out this week. Okay, let's look at some things right now. MVS matchup this week is going to be absolute. Like everybody knows, Devontae Adams matchup, I've been projected for almost 27 fantasy points, is going to be amazing. Right now, the Vikings are down two of their starting cornerbacks, right? They're down Mike Hughes, a former first round pick who might be their best cornerback, who's playing a lot of slot. So they're down two of their top cornerbacks. They actually had week one against Devontae Adams in this team when Devontae Adams went off for 14 catches, 156 yards, and two touchdowns. So that's very good to see. Now he's only topped MVS in this case, 10 fantasy points one time this year. And that was week number one against Minnesota in the secondary where he was covered by Dansel, their primary cornerback, who likely is not going to play. I think he's already ruled out. No Mike Hughes. So a secondary that was already trash is now down their two starting cornerbacks. They're probably going to profile out as even worse than Houston last week. And nobody's going to want to own MVS. He's currently being projected in a lot of spots for about 3% ownership. I'm probably only playing him in Packers and Vikings stacks, meaning that if I play Kirk Cousins with two of his pass catchers, I'll run it back with maybe a Jamal Williams and or an MVS, or I'll stack Aaron Rodgers with Devontae Adams and MVS. MVS is just nice and cheap for you right now. I see him right now being projected from anywhere from three to 5% ownership. I don't expect that number to come up after you get updates to all the other value guys. Some punt options we'll talk about later on that are going to pop up now from the Bears, from the Saints, since they've ruled out or doubtful Allen Robinson, since they've ruled out all their wide receivers, including Marquez Callaway, the Saints this week, like they did last week, just now not also having Callaway. So MVS projects out for 10.7 fantasy points. This is the thing though with MVS. He can score 
1.7, right? He can catch five passes for 40 something yards. He can catch four passes for 50 yards, but he's a guy who's going to score a lot downfield. He sees a ton of air yards per week. In week one, he had 127 air yards the week that he went off, right? He had 131 air yards in week six versus Tampa Bay. He only ended up scoring six fantasy points. 127 in week four versus Atlanta. He only ends up scoring eight and a half fantasy points. So he's still getting that usage downfield. He's still getting those deep downfield targets. He's coming off of his last three weeks, eight targets, five and four targets, right? So he's going to pop off for you at some point. The issue is that he's risky because if he doesn't bring in one of those 50 yard uh, targets or two of those 50 yard targets, he's going to do nothing for you, but he's getting those targets. If he brings in one of them, bam, he just got you seven fantasy points like that. Like it was nothing. And if he's going to break away, like he normally does, Rogers has been accurate this year. Rogers is currently number right now, three in overall deep attempts. So he's going to have that volume downfield. It could look very nice for MBS. So we saw it in week one for MBS against this same Vikings team that again, now is going to be down there two starting cornerbacks that they had week one and still stunk week one. So I'm play 54 snaps in week one against that Vikings team. Now he ended up running 29 routes, which is like around average for what he runs. Sometimes he runs in the 30s. So the snaps didn't matter as much because he was still running the routes. That was the lowest snaps that he has played though. Since then, he's been playing 98, 91, 80% of the snaps. He saw six targets, caught four of them, 96 yards in the touchdown, ended up finishing as the wide receiver 12 that week against Minnesota. So I like MVS because he's a nice stacking option on a stack that is going to likely be highly owned if you're looking at Jamal Williams, if you're looking at potentially Dalvin Cook, definitely Devontae Adams, maybe even Adam Thielen slash Justin Jefferson to an extent. A lot of those guys will pick up ownership, right? Kirk Cousins, I don't think does. So that's another spot to get different. Aaron Rodgers will pick up ownership. I don't think MVS picks up ownership here. So if you're going to try and find leverage on a game, that's going to be somewhat chalky of a stack. One way to find leverage is to play a guy who has a ton of upside and just not play somebody else. So maybe it's that you don't play Dalvin Cook. You end up stacking, let's say Kirk Cousins with an Adam Thielen and a Justin Jefferson. And instead of running it back with Devontae Adams, you run it back with Jamal Williams and MVS. That seems scary, but that's one way to do it. Or you want to play Devontae Adams, you play Devontae Adams, you play Rodgers, you play MVS. That's a nice way to get leverage off of what's probably going to be a chalky stack where people play Jamal Williams with Devontae Adams in a lot of spots like that. So that one due to the wide receiver position is going to be MVS, a man who's only top 10 fantasy points once this year, but it was against this Minnesota Vikings team. He's seeing 5.7 targets per game, playing 23% of his snaps out of the slot right now. And right now he has a ton of low sentiment, which is why he's not being that owned. He's coming off of a game where he saw four targets and overall no receptions in that game, only at a one nine yard rush uh, for a carry for 0.9 fantasy points. So nobody wants to own him right now. I understand why he's very boomer bust, but we're trying to be banking on the bust at low ownership here in some of these game and team stacks, the Green Bay and Minnesota Vikings game. That one due to the wide receiver position for week eight, Marquez Valdez Scantling. And as we close it out right now, I will remind you yet again that I do have my Patreon projections. Some of them have flashed on the screen down below, rankings, all that type of stuff. Patreon.com backslash Sal underscore Vetri underscore almost 500 of you in the community. I appreciate you all a ton so much. You get access to the Discord and tooling, all the other stuff that you can find linked down below. So check it all out. Thank you so much in advance. If you have any questions, leave them in the comments, reach out to me on Patreon, reach out to me on Twitter, whatever you have, you can reach out to me with any questions about the Patreon. So our tight end now, for the most part, tight ends are guys that you just want to play the good plays, right? You're going to have really strong tight end options on this slate. And you have a lot of cheap, cheap wide receivers, some nice cheaper, cheaper running backs, I should say, opening up in the mid range now. So you can play a Kelsey, a Kittle, a Waller, these guys who look really good. We already talked about Hunter Henry at 4,200 looking good, but all these guys are obviously, in my opinion, and right now based on ownership projections, picking up a good amount of ownership. And then you get to a range where it just falls off a cliff and nobody's being owned. And the guy that I like in that range, and he's going to be our that one dude this week, coming in around one to 2% ownership is Eric Ebron. Look, it's going to be a tough one-on-one matchup against a Baltimore Ravens team, but in the middle of the field against Chuck Clark might be better than all the wide receiver matchups that his wide receivers are going to have to go up against, whether it's Marlon Humphrey in the slot against Juju, whether it's Chase Claypool on the outside against Marcus Peters, Jimmy Smith on the outside versus Deontay Johnson if Johnson's healthy, otherwise James Washington. So that's going to be a difficult spot for all those guys. Right now I have Eric Ebron as I flash his projection, some of the stats on the screen right now for him. I have him projected at $3,900 for 8.8 fantasy points, which actually makes him great out for me as like my eighth overall tight end point per dollar wise. And out of all those tight ends, he's basically coming out with like no ownership. I have him as a B in cash, but also a B in GPPs because he's basically coming out, like I said, with not a lot of ownership on him. But if you're looking at how he's been used so far, he's been used 
absolutely fantastic on the season. A 15% target share and 5.3 targets per game. But let's look at how often he's been used because it's a little bit skewed from week one against the Giants where he got banged up. He ended up playing 69% of the snaps and only seeing two targets. I mean, since then, his target share has been five targets, seven, six, four. And now he's coming off of a season high eight targets, a season high six receptions for 50 yards. All those things outside of the 50 yards, just two yards short of a season high there have been really good for him. He's finished with 11 fantasy points as the in the tight end 11 last week. So over his last four games, he's seeing seven, six, four, and eight targets. That's good. Everything is really checking out for him. Chuck Clark is going to be a difficult matchup, allowing just 0.37 yards per coverage snap, the second lowest on the week for any overall linebacker. But that's why you're going to get this low ownership here. That's why you're going to be getting it. So in the red zone, you're seeing increasing usage for him. And that's really where we're trying to bank in. We're not trying to bank in that he catches five passes for like 80 yards in the middle of the field. We're hoping that the red zone role plays out. And last week, he saw four red zone targets. The week before that, he also saw a red zone target. So he's getting a lot of red zone usage so far on the season. Overall in the season, he's seeing seven red zone targets. That's going to be pretty high up there. Number nine overall for tight ends. And a lot of those half, more than half of those came last week. He's top 10 in tight end air yards, which is something we like to see getting downfield a little bit more. Look, he's $3,900. There's only a couple guys in this 3K range. We talked about it in our final thoughts. So you can check that out. That I actually have interest in playing. And one of them, if not my most interest in playing is going to be Eric Ebron, just based on the overall role that he has on his team, running about 27 routes per week. He's overall seeing a 25% red zone target share on the Steelers. I like this a good amount. And De- if Deontay Johnson is out, that even helps him even more, especially when it comes to the red zone. Or that one dude projected for around two, 3% ownership at most right now in most spots is going to be Eric Ebron at the tight end position. I'll close this one out with a couple of punt options, both at the wide receiver. Last week, we gave you Harrison Bryant to punt the tight end because I do think that he was a nice cheap option to just punt. He ends up scoring two touchdowns, being the tight end one works out really well. I'll give you these two punt wide receivers real quickly. Minimum price, Deontay Harris. Look, Traquan Smith is not really producing. I do think Traquan Smith at 4,700 is an interesting bounce back spot guy. He'll be like 1% owned. So maybe he's also one of those that one dude options, but he's also priced up. Deontay Harris is coming off of a pretty nice week last week. Now you have no Marquez Callaway. So Marquez Callaway was somebody who was seeing all the targets last week. Now he's out. You still have no Emmanuel Sanders, the COVID list. You still have a banged up Michael Thomas. So Deontay Harris is probably going to see the rookie Jalen Johnson. It's a fine matchup in my opinion. Last week, he played just 30% of the snaps. So I do think that number might increase. He ran 16 routes. He caught four of five targets for 46 yards and a touchdown, scored 14.6 fantasy points. Again, right now on point per dollar basis, because he's $3,000, he grades out pretty nice for me. I'd rather play this next guy though. And that's going to be Darnell Mooney. So Darnell Mooney is the rookie right now with the Bears. Darnell Mooney should have about five. You can check Ian Hardis on Twitter. Should have about five deep touchdowns this year. Nick Foles is just overthrown him, which has been pathetic. He beat for what would have been a 90 plus yard touchdown, Jalen Ramsey in their last game. He got nothing for it because he was overthrown like he has been basically every single week. But he's coming off of right now, the second most targets he's seen on the year in seven. He ended up catching three for 40 yards. He had 192 air yards in that game. Darnell Mooney right now is somebody who's seeing a ton of targets. He's seen five, nine, five, five, and seven targets over these past five games. So you can basically count on him to see those targets. And the reason why I like him more right now is because I do think he'll pick up a little bit more ownership, but Allen Robinson is expected to be doubtful. Anthony Miller has only been operating as a slot receiver. So I don't even know if you see Anthony Miller go to the outside that much, but Darnell Mooney is going to be the primary outside receiver. Yes, he might see some Marshawn Lattimore. I think he'll see a lot more Janoris Jenkins based on his skill set. And I do think that's a fine matchup for the rookie as long as his quarterback can be accurate. So those are just punt options. Those are not guys that have any conviction around. I think that both of those guys will remain 5% or lower owned. We'll see what ends up happening. So those are some nice punt options. But thank you for tuning into the week eight. That one do. Happy Halloween to all of you. Before you go, hit me with the like button. Hit me with the big old subscribe button. And join in on the podcast contest by subscribing and leaving a five-star rating and review and a way for me to contact you. So you can maybe win $50 Ruski. Salvetry show on Stitcher if you're on an Android device or the Apple podcast store if you're using an iPhone. Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, like and subscribe. Check out Monkey Knife Fight. They support me. So I hope that you can go and support them and have a ton of fun and get those extra dollar ruskies into your account. I'll see you in the next one, everybody. We're going to be live tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. East Coast time, breaking down the slate. And we'll also have the Patreon exclusive MME podcast up discussing my rules, exposures, my MME stuff, how I'm approaching the slate overall, closing it up from a strategy standpoint and how to win the dollar ruskies on Patreon tomorrow morning. Thank you so much. I'll see you all in
in the next one.